This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. I have two stories for you this week. The first one is a story told by Reb Shlomo Karobach, the great tzaddik, and great storyteller and rabbi, who was the rabbi of my rabbi, by the way, Reb Shalom Brat. Normally, I don't like to tell stories that Reb Shlomo told, especially the ones that he recorded, because he did such a good job telling the stories, I figure why retell them. But this is one of the lesser known of his stories, and it's one of my favorites. It was before the 1967 war, the Six-Day War, and a man approached Shlomo, and said to him, would you please do me a favor and have a little conversation with my son? He said, you see, my son, he's a high officer in the army. He's a tankist. And even though he grew up in a religious home, in my home, he wants nothing to do with religion. As a matter of fact, he hates religion. And he thinks that I'm backwards and that he is the new Jew. He says that God has no strength, but the IDF, the Israeli army, that's where the real strength is. And the man said to Shlomo, In my apartment in Tel Aviv, I have a picture of my grandfather. He's an old Yid with a long white beard, payas and a strimal. And my son said to me, if I don't remove the picture of my grandfather from my apartment, he will never step foot in my apartment again. Said the Shlomo, so please, can you do me a favor? Have a little conversation with him. Maybe you can help him. Maybe you can warm his heart. So Shlomo met with the officer and he said, you know, sweet guy, sincere, but... There was no way to get to him, and so he let it go. A few years later, it was after the 1967 war, and Shlomo is back in Tel Aviv. The same man comes to him and he says, Please, come to my apartment. I want you to meet my son. Now Shlomo remembered the guy, and he also remembered that the son refused to step into his apartment so long as the picture of his grandfather was there. And so Shlomo went with the man, and there was his son, standing there right under the picture of his great-grandfather. And his son looked very different now. Now he had a beard, payas, and a kippah. And the father said to his son, Nu, tell the rabbi what happened to you. So they all sit down at the table, and the officer says to Shlomo, I'll tell you what happened. It was the Six-Day War. And you know, I'm a tankist, and I believe in the might and the power of the IDF. And I didn't believe in God anymore. I didn't believe in religion anymore. I thought it was backwards. I thought that we as Zionists were leaving behind religion in order to create a new Jew, and that was me. He said, so there I was, in the Sinai Desert, a commander in charge of a whole battalion of tanks. And one by one, all of the tanks were destroyed by the Egyptians. And I was the only one remaining. And the only way back to safety was to find a group of other tanks. And I knew the only way that I could get there was a straight line. So I'm being chased by a group of Egyptian tanks through the desert, I'm going as fast as I can. They keep shooting at me along the way. Somehow, miraculously, they don't hit the tank. And then there, in the middle of the desert, I see the craziest thing. There's a Jew standing there, putting on tefillin, in the middle of the desert, in the middle of a war. And I thought to myself, what an idiot. First of all, he believes in God. 
He thinks those tefillin are going to do something for him. And second, he's in my way because I'm heading in a straight line. And that Jew is right there. And the soldier said, you know, I thought I should run him over. It's what he deserved anyhow. I mean, what kind of idiot stands in the middle of the desert in a war and puts on tefillin? But the closer he got, he didn't have the nerve to do it. So he turned right and swerved around the Jew. And continued heading straight. In the meantime, the lead Egyptian tank headed straight towards the Jew. The soldier said, probably, he got some pleasure in running over a Jew. But as soon as he ran over that Jew, the tank blew up. Because the Jew was standing right where there was a mine. He said, so that was it. The other tanks turned around. They got scared. And I was able to get back to safety. And eventually, I came back to my father's apartment here. And I was looking at the picture on the wall. The picture of my great-grandfather. And then I realized that that Jew that was standing in the middle of the desert putting on tefillin, that Jew was my great-grandfather. That heaven had allowed to come back into this world for a short amount of time in order to prevent me from running over the mine and save my life. So he said, you see, in the past I was embarrassed that I was the great-grandson of a Jew like that. He said, but now look at me with my kippah, peas and tzitziot and beard. He said, what an honor, what a great honor to be the great-grandson of a tzaddik like the man in that picture in my father's apartment. One more story. You know, these days when we buy kosher food, we buy them with a hechsher. But in the old days, you would buy a chicken, bring it to the shochet, and he would shecht it for you, slaughter it for you, and then check the insides to make sure that it was kosher. And if it wasn't kosher, you were out of luck. You bought the chicken, but you couldn't eat it. And one time it happened that a simple Jew, he brought a chicken to the shochet, slaughtered it, and checked it, and said, unfortunately, I'm sorry to tell you, but the chicken is treif. However, it could be that if a rabbi who really understands the rules checks this chicken, could be that the chicken is kosher. Now the man who bought the chicken, he took it to the rabbi, and the rabbi ruled that it was indeed treif, and that it could not be eaten. And so the man put the chicken aside, and accepted that there was nothing he could do. And that night, the Hele Gebal Shem Tov, he had a dream. And in his dream, the chicken's soul came crying to the great Rebbe. The chicken said, Rebbe, this was my last chance. I am doomed forever. My soul was put into the body of a chicken, and I had to be eaten by a Jew. The Kavid Shabbos Kodesh, in honor of the Holy Sabbath, in order for my soul to be redeemed. And is it my fault that the Shochet and the Rabbi ruled that I'm treif? Rebbe, you have to help me, please. And so the Baal Shem Tov, with his holy vision, in his holy dream, he started asking around in the heavenly realms, and he learned that the chicken actually was kosher. So he said to the chicken, okay, in that case, I have to do something about it. And the next morning, which was Friday, the Hele Gabal Shem Tov traveled to the village where the chicken had been bought and announced his treif. And he comes to the home and he says, Shalom Aleichem. 
would it be possible for me to eat with you? And the man who bought the chicken, he looks at this holy rabbi. He doesn't know who he is, but he says, please, rabbi, it would be our greatest honor to have you. But I have to tell you, rabbi, we only have dairy in the house. You see, the chicken that we bought for Shabbos, it turned out to be treif. So the Baal Shem Tov said, really, would I be able to inspect the chicken? And so the man brought the chicken to the Baal Shem Tov, and he said, Rabbi, you should know, this was checked by the Shochet and the Rav and the Rabbi. So I don't know who you think you are, but this chicken is treif. Even if you were to pronounce that it's kosher, I can't go against the Rabbi who said it was treif. The Baal Shem Tov said, I'm sorry, my friend. I'm not allowed to tell you who I am. But if you ask the Rabbi and the Shochet to come here themselves, I will be happy to discuss the halacha with them. And maybe we can come to an agreement that the chicken is kosher. And so the man went to the rabbi, and the rav comes back. He came back partly out of curiosity, wondering who has the chutzpah to rule against him, and partly to see, well, what kind of ruling could this other person come up with that the rabbi himself didn't know about? And so the rabbi explains why he thought it was treif, and the Baal Shem Tov argued with him, bringing other rabbinical opinions from the Rishonim and the Achronim. And the rabbi said, even though your arguments are very convincing, I'm sorry, rabbi, but I can't alter my decision. If there was a third party that could decide between us, then I would agree. And so the Baal Shem Tov said, listen, rabbi, here's what you're going to do. Have a dish brought to the table with a cloth cover over it. Nothing inside, just a dish with a cloth cover. And so the rabbi said, okay. He tells the owner of the house, can you bring us a dish with a napkin over it? And the dish was put on the table, where the Baal Shem Tov was sitting on one side, and the rabbi was sitting on the other. And the Baal Shem Tov put out his hand, and he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And after a few minutes, he motioned to the rabbi that he could lift the cloth. And to the rabbi's amazement, the dish that had been empty now had a folded note on it. And the rabbi opened up the note, and it said, The chicken is kosher according to the Masifta in heaven, and there are no dissenting opinions. The rabbi said, Only one person in the whole world could have done this, and that's the Hedeg Baal Shem Tov. Tell me, is that who you are, rabbi? And now the Baal Shem Tov had to admit that he was himself, and the host and the rabbi said, Rebbe, please, give us the great honor of hosting you for Shabbos. Please stay. But the Baal Shem Tov said, he wasn't here in order to spend Shabbos. He didn't even bring his Shabbos clothes with him. He was here for a higher purpose, one that he couldn't reveal to the rabbi, the chicken owner, and the shochet. And with that, the Hele Gebal Shem Tov returned back to Mejibuz in time for Shabbos. That Friday night, he had a dream again, and this time the soul that had been put into the chicken came again to the Hele Gebal Shem Tov and thanked him for what he had done, because now... His soul could be redeemed. You know, some people send me comments about the stories. They say some of them are kind of strange, and I'm guessing this will be one of them. But in every one of these stories, I find something that I love so much. Here, the Baal Shem Tov's love of the soul that ended up in a chicken, just that in itself is so sweet, it could sustain you for a lifetime. Once, many years ago, I was at the Kotel. It was Shabbat Chazon. The Shabbos where Reb Levi Yitzchak Eberdichev says you can have a vision of the Beit HaMikdash. And even though I'm a vegetarian, and I don't eat chickens, and I've been a vegetarian for a very long time, I was having a vision of a little bird that was brought as a sacrifice in the Beit HaMikdash. And the bird 
that I was holding in my hand in this vision was so happy, it was practically dancing with joy, knowing that of all the fates that a bird could have, it was going to be sacrificed for the sake of a Jew in the holy city of Jerusalem, on Harabait, on the Temple Mount, by one of the Kohanim. And could an animal ever have a more glorious existence than that? La 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 la